In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And of course, you probably know that comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, where we'll be tonight. But um, years ago, Alan Redpath uh, told quite an amusing story about um, a man who read that particular verse for his devotions uh, one morning. And he decided to put it into practice that very day to, in everything, give thanks. And so he went about his day and he was leaving Mobile, Alabama. Uh, He was going by Greyhound bus uh, for an all day trip. And uh, it was one of those hot and humid summer days. And it was way back before there was air conditioning uh, in cars and buses. And the man arrived at the bus station early and uh, he got himself a seat by the window. And he said, thank you for this window seat, Lord. It's going to be a hot trip, but at least I can get some breeze. And as he's sitting there, the bus began to fill up. Uh, However, the seat next to him remained empty. And so he said, thank you, Lord. It's going to be a hot trip, but at least I will have some room to spread out. Well, he's sitting there and finally the driver takes his place and he started the bus and he closed the door. And he said, thank you, Lord. You've kept this seat beside me empty. And just as the bus was about to pull out of the uh, terminal, however, someone began banging on the door. And it was a late arriving passenger. And it was actually a very large woman carrying a very small boy with her. And she clambered aboard and she was pouring with perspiration. Uh, She was uh, glowing with heat like a furnace. And she came down the aisle of the bus and she passed a number of empty seats and she plopped heavily beside this man. Now. To be honest with you, she was quite unable to keep her bulk in its allotted space and the overflow kind of pressed hot and heavy against this dismayed and discouraged and disappointed man and waves of heat and sad to say strong odor of perspiration engulfed him. And she reached down and she hauled her little boy up on her lap. He began to howl and to kick and uh, sad to say, the man got caught his uh, share of blows from the kicking child. And so the woman slapped the little boy and uh, that didn't make things any better. Well, by way of consolation, the woman, after doing that, she pulled out a pack of cigarettes and she lit one and began to blow out volumes of smoke uh, that added immeasurably to this man's discomfort. And the boy finally settled down. Uh, the cigarette smoldered and the woman, she fell asleep. And as she did and she relaxed, her bolt began to sag heavily in the direction of this unfortunate man. And at this time, he was pressed so hard up against the side of the bus and the uh, window, he could hardly breathe. And uh, he tried to shove her back, but it was uh, a hopeless situation. He was trapped. And he sat there on that Greyhound bus. He was growing in his misery. His temperature was rising His limbs were cramped. His senses were assailed by body odor. You can just imagine uh, how pleasant this all is. And then he thought about this particular text, uh, the one that he had read that morning in his devotions. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And there he is trapped up against the bus with this large woman to his left. And he said, Lord, what is there in this situation? For which I can be thankful. And he waited and finally it flashed in his mind. You can be thankful that you're not married to her. (laughs) 
in everything give thanks. We're going to look at that passage tonight if you'll find it in your copy of God's Word. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's good preaching, but hard living at times, isn't it? Uh, that's easy to quote, easy to memorize, easy to say, but sometimes difficult uh, to live out. But here it is in God's Word. It's unmistakable. It's clearly printed in black and white. It's the inspired Word of God. So we've got to do something with it. And um, to be honest with you, our choices are pretty limited. Uh, we can do one of two things. We can obey it or we can disobey it. Now, I know there are those who want to rationalize it and reinterpret it and re-explain it and all, but it really boils down to obedience or disobedience. Why? Well, I trust you've noticed as we've talked about it just a couple of times already, and as you probably already knew it before this evening's service, I hope you've noticed that it's a command. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, there is no gray area here. There is no wiggle room. I simply put, this is the command of Almighty God. And the command is to give thanks. And of course, this giving of thanks is not just offered to no one in particular. The idea here is to give thanks that's directed toward the Lord, to thank the Lord. Uh, Paul writing here in the book of 1 Thessalonians, he's writing uh, to believers, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he's writing to believers. In fact, by my count, uh, here uh, he five times in this one chapter, he calls them brethren. And he says to him, to them here, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. No one would expect unbelievers uh, to live a life of continual thanksgiving to the Lord. In fact, Romans chapter one and verse 21 describes them. It says, because although they knew God, that is, they knew about God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but they came futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Thankfulness to God is not something that characterizes unbelievers and those who do not follow the Lord Jesus Christ. But listen, it should characterize everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ. Everyone who names the name of Christ. Gratitude should characterize our lives each and every day. But sadly, and really this is not always the case, is it? There's a story told about a vendor uh, who sold uh, uh, bagels. Uh, out on the street corner, the bagels were 50 cents a piece. You can kind of see his little food stand there. He's got bagels for sale, 50 cents a piece. And a jogger uh, ran by the stand. And a jogger, he threw a couple of quarters into the bucket, but he didn't take a bagel. And he did the same thing every day for months. He, he jogged by, threw two quarters, jogged on, didn't take a bagel. Well, one day as the jogger was passing by, the vendor stopped him. I mean, this has been going on for months. And the jogger said, well, you probably want to know why I always put money uh, in, in but never take a bagel, don't you? And the vendor said, no, I just want to tell you the bagels have gone up to 60 cents. <laughs> and the one who was writing that, that I read it, said too often as believers, that's the way we treat God. That's the same kind of attitude we have toward God. Uh, we're not we're, we're, we're ungrateful for what he's given us and we want more. Uh, but in all reality, beloved, God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't know us a comfortable life. He doesn't know us good health. He doesn't know us salvation. It's all by his grace. He doesn't owe us anything, but he gives us everything. Thanksgiving for us shouldn't be a once a year thing. Uh, it shouldn't just be a, a Thursday in um, November each year. It should be an ongoing, continuous thing. Why? Well, it's a command here. In everything, give thanks. The command is simple, give thanks. But did you notice the scope of the command? Uh, the very first two words are the ones that we really struggle with. 
We don't have any problem with the give thanks part. Okay? We understand that. We, we should give thanks to God. God deserves our thanks. It's the first part of the verse which we really struggle. Where it says, in everything. In everything, give thanks. Now, what exactly does that mean, in everything? Uh, does it mean what it says? Are we to take this literally? Well, short answer, yes. Now, don't turn me off or tune me out. Listen, so you don't miss this and, and leave misunderstanding. It says, in everything, it does not say for everything. And there's a great difference there. We need to understand the difference. Because if the Bible said for us to give thanks for everything, then we'd have to give thanks for sin. And we'd have to give thanks for the devil. And we'd have to give thanks for people dying and their sin and going to hell. If we had to give thanks for everything. But the Bible says in everything, give thanks. We're to give thanks in everything. John MacArthur said this. He's saying no matter what happens to you in life, be thankful. No matter what circumstance, no matter what struggle, vicissitude, trial, testing, be thankful, give thanks. No matter what the situation, we're to find reason to thank God. He says this is not some nebulous thanks fired off into space. It is thanks given directly to God. Now, in everything, give thanks. In the hard times and in the easy times. When the days are sunny and when the days are cloudy. When we're on top of the world or under, under the heap. Now, this is easy to obey, is it not, when things are going great? But what, 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 what about when things are not going great? When times are not going well? Westermeyer noted that the pilgrims, the pilgrims made seven times more graves than huts. But nevertheless, they set aside a day of Thanksgiving. Think about that for a moment. Seven times more graves than huts. But they took time out and dedicated a day of Thanksgiving. It's easy to thank the Lord when things are going well. But what about those times when things are not going well, when we're struggling with these things? We're sometimes we're tempted to ask, or we just go ahead and ask this question. Why me? Why me? Why are all these things happening? Why is this coming to my life? Why has this impacted my family? Why has this touched our church? Why me? Why did this happen to me? But do we ever stop and ask this question? Why not me? Why not me? Many years ago, Matthew Henry. Matthew Henry was a great Bible scholar. And he was um, one that's very famous for his uh, Bible commentary. A lot of uh, preacher boys years ago, when you got your first commentary, it was probably Matthew Henry's commentary. Uh, he was once robbed of his wallet. And, and knowing that it was his duty to give thanks in everything, he meditated on the incident. And then he wrote the following in his diary. He said, let me be thankful first because he never robbed me before. Second, because although he took my purse, he did not take my life. Third, because although he took all I possess, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. Wow. Well, that's getting convicting, isn't it? It's just kind of getting convicting. Let's hasten on. We see the command here, give thanks. We see the scope of the command. In everything, give thanks. Would you notice finally the reason for the command? It's very simple here. It's interesting to note that, the, that God didn't just give us the command and then stop. No, He gave us the reason. He tells us why we're to give thanks. He says there in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks for, because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. It's God's will that we be thankful. Make no mistake. Be clear on this. If you get nothing else from my gathering tonight, know this. It's God's will for you to be thankful 
to him and to give thanks in everything. But really, here's the question. How do we do this, Rodney? I mean, you might be sitting there thinking that that's good preaching. That's hard living. Uh, You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing. How can we give thanks? And if you knew some of the things that I'm going through and and, and I'm looking at God's word, surely he doesn't expect me to give thanks in these things. Well, let me give you some things to help tonight. I want to give you some things to remember. And then I want to give you some things to do. And then we'll be done and we'll head downstairs and we'll rejoice together uh, over the food and time of fellowship. Would you notice in the last part of that verse that uh, there are three people uh, that are mentioned there and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Did you notice the three? You have God, you have Jesus and you. Did you know you were in the Bible? Well, there it is. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Christ Jesus for you. Now, some things to remember. Three people mentioned here. First of all, remember this. Our God is sovereign. Our God is sovereign. That is, he's in control. No matter what comes in our lives, no matter what's going on in our lives, in our community, in our churches, in our families, God is still in control. You certainly know Romans eight twenty eight, right? The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. God uses all things. And so that means the good things. And that means the bad things. That means the hard times and the easy times, the cloudy days and the sunny days. And we know that God doesn't cause all wickedness. We know he doesn't cause any wickedness, right? He cannot tempt us with evil because he's holy and good. And so even though he doesn't cause the evil and wickedness, he can still use it for our good and for his glory. And everything that comes to our lives is filtered through his loving hands. I think about one of my favorite Bible characters, Joseph, not Mary and Joseph, but Joseph in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. I love the story of Joseph there. And you remember, Joseph had a a wonderful life and then things took a turn and his brothers turned on him. He was sold into slavery. Uh, He went down into the pit. Uh, He went down to the prison and eventually he was raised up and he was placed in the palace. And if you remember there at the end of his life, near the end, when his father has died and his brothers are there in Genesis chapter 50, he's there before his brothers. His brothers are nervous. They're scared. They're not really sure if he's going to exact vengeance. And here's what Joseph says to them in Genesis 50, verses 19 and 20. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. They wanted rid of him. Now, they sold him into slavery. You meant evil against me, but listen, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. I guess we could say that that is the Old Testament version of Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God works all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so realize that everything that comes into your life as a believer, as a child of God, is filtered through his loving hands. Our God is sovereign. He's in control. But it says this is the will of God uh, in Christ Jesus. So remember, our God is sovereign. But then remember, secondly, our Savior is Jesus. Our Savior is Jesus. Oh, that everyone here could say that. I don't take that absolutely for granted. There may be someone here this evening that does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Perhaps you wandered in. Perhaps you're wondering what was going on. Perhaps a friend invited you. The Bible declares that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. 
The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you repent of your sin, turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus, he will save you and forgive you. And I encourage you uh, to do that tonight. But for those of us who know Christ as Savior and Lord, remember that our Savior is Jesus. And no matter what's going on in our life, in that very same chapter, Romans chapter 8, here's what it goes on to say. It says in Romans 8, 28, that he works all things together for good. When you come on down to Romans 8, 35, here's what the Bible says. I think you'll recognize it. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Man, you're having a rough day. Read that list right there. Imagine going through those things. Can they separate us from the love of Christ? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, living or dying, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Beloved, our Savior is Jesus. Our God is sovereign. And then there's three people mentioned, right? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you or for you. So we've got to remember that our sanctification is in play. What I mean by that is sanctification is a $20 word that simply means Christian growth or being made more like the Lord Jesus. In that same passage in Romans chapter 8, after we read verse 28, where it says that God works all things together for good, the good and the bad, and so forth. Here's what Romans 8, 29 says. For whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be what? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. What he's getting at there is it's God's purpose and God's desire and God's will and God's work. To make us more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's molding us and he's shaping us and he's working on us to get us in that way. Just as a carver might take a piece of stone and begin chipping away. God's doing that in our lives. And sometimes it's those hard things. Sometimes it's those rough days. But he's molding us and shaping us. The Bible says it this way elsewhere that he is the potter and we are the clay. And he's molding us and he's fashioning us. And so realize, beloved, that God cares about you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God cares about you. God is working in your life. God is in control of your life. Your God is sovereign. Your Savior is Jesus. And he's working to make you more like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So remember that. When you're having a hard time living out 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and you're like that man on the Greyhound bus and you're there. Oh, I'm glad I wasn't there, but you're there and you're up against there to remember that in everything there's something for which you can be thankful and give praise to the Lord. But let me give you some things to do as well and then we'll be done. When you reach those times where you just don't feel like that you can be grateful. And you can be thankful and you're struggling. And we all have those times in our life. I want to give you some things you can do three and then we're done. First of all, look around. Just take a moment and look around. I know that's hard to do. Why? Because we live very busy lives and we're 
uh, uh, very hurriedly going here and there. And, and we don't take time. But I want to encourage you when you're having a hard time being grateful and, and, and living a, a praise, uh, a life that praises the Lord. Take a moment and look around. Count your blessings. Look at the things that God has done for you. Uh, look into the faces of your family and friends and your your church family. Look around at all the blessings that we enjoy. Take a moment and just look around and then take a moment and look up and realize that God is worthy to be praised. Consider God's character. Consider God's majesty. Consider his holiness. Consider the fact that he's sovereign and just take a moment and again thinking about just how awesome our God really is. You look around and see all that he's done for you. You look up and see how great he is. And then if you still need to, you can take a moment and look back. In other words, what I mean by that, beloved, is this. Look at where you were and look at where God has brought you to. Uh, The psalmist put it this way. Psalm 40, verse two. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and establish my steps. Look back and see what God has done in your life to bring you to where you are at this very moment. Billy Graham said that ingratitude, ingratitude is a sin just as surely as lying or stealing or immorality or any other sin condemned in the Bible. He said nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. And listen, nothing will do more to restore contentment and joy, uh, the joy of our salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness. And so this evening we return to where we began. A wonderfully simple verse that's actually quite complex in some regards. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you or concerning you. And we're reminded that even in the darkest times, there's something to be grateful for, no matter how bad our days get. In her autobiography, Corey Ten Boom described her and her sister Betsy's horrific time in a Nazi concentration camp in the early 1940s. Uh, You talk about a low point in your life. I don't know how much worse it could be than to be a prisoner in a Nazi concentration camp. And on one occasion, she shares an autobiography, uh, they were forced to take off their clothes during an inspection. And Corey is there, as all of us would be. She stood there feeling defiled and forsaken. There she is in a Nazi concentration camp, standing with no clothes on. And she says suddenly she remembered that Jesus had hung naked on the cross. And struck with the wonder and worship, Corey whispered to her sister. She whispered these words, Betsy, they took his clothes too. And she said, Betsy gasped and said, oh, Corey, and I never thanked him. You see, beloved, in everything, in everything, give thanks. There's something for which you can be grateful. Give thanks, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. Father, we are humbled and grateful this evening when we stop and we just consider just how blessed we are. We thank you for the examples that we've shared tonight. We thank you for 
Corey Tenboom and her sister Betsy. We thank you for Matthew Henry and so many others who've lived these things out and been good examples to us. We thank you for the Lord Jesus as he always sought the will of the Father, no matter what was going on in his life. Now, Father, I pray that you would help us to actively and really live out this verse of Scripture. We know that you did not place this in your word just as filler. It's not just words that you placed in there because they looked nice or sounded nice. This is your will for us. And so I pray that you would help us to obey your word. Lord, help us to be a more grateful people. Help us to be actively looking, no matter how dark the days may be, no matter how rough times may get, to look up, to look around, to look back. And Lord, to recount just how good you are. And Lord, if we can't find anything else for which to be thankful, to simply be thankful for you. Now, Father, I want to thank you for these men and women, these boys and girls, teenagers, those who've gathered in this place on this Sunday evening. I know there are many places that they could be. There are many things they could be doing, but they chose to be here. And I pray, Lord, that you've worked in their hearts and you'll continue to work in their hearts and draw them close to you. And Lord, I do pray that if there's anyone here this evening who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray this will be the evening where they'll turn from their sin and place their faith in Christ alone. Oh, God, you are worthy of all honor and majesty and praise and glory. And we praise your name tonight and we thank you for all that you are, all that you do and all that you're going to do in our lives. We rejoice in you and bring you glory and praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.